Welcome to Lab Talk, a special edition podcast produced by the Scientist Creative Services team, where we explore topics at the leading edge of innovative research. This episode is brought to you by Keystone Symposia. Don't miss their upcoming virtual eSymposia Synthetic Biology at the Crossroads of Genetic Engineering and Human Therapeutics on May 3rd through 4th, 2021. One of the eSymposium speakers is Cami Lesser, an associate professor at Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. Nikki Spaich from the Scientist Creative Services team spoke with Lesser about her research developing designer probiotics to deliver protein-based therapeutics to the gut. When you take medicine by swallowing a pill or receiving an injection, the drugs go on a long journey, spreading throughout the body until some of them reach their intended destination. While systemic drug delivery may be convenient, this method has major drawbacks, such as toxic effects on non-target tissues that cause side effects. Additionally, some therapeutics degrade as they travel, which lowers their concentration and efficacy at the target site. To devise better ways of delivering drugs, including antibiotics, cancer immunotherapy, and anti-inflammatories, researchers are turning to synthetic biology. Cami Lesser is an expert in host pathogen interactions who has studied the bacterial type 3 secretion system, a complex machine best known for its pathogenic properties, for more than 20 years. With her extensive knowledge, she engineers probiotic E. coli to utilize this secretion system to deliver protein-based therapeutics that help rather than hurt humans. Type 3 secretion systems are incredibly cool machines. They were the first trans kingdom secretion systems identified, so they're used by many bacterial pathogens to inject proteins into human cells. They are found in bacteria that cause infections like salmonella or shigella. These machines are highly evolved and they assemble in the bacteria envelope and have a needle that sticks out. And normally what happens is these bacteria will dock onto our cells um, if you were unfortunate enough to ingest some of them and start putting proteins into the human cells. Since the probiotics are very closely related to the bacteria we study, we thought, oh, maybe we can take this machine out of the pathogens and put it into something like these E. coli probiotics. For some drug and vaccine delivery studies, other researchers have used type 3 secretion systems in their native pathogenic bacterial species, such as Salmonella or Shigella. This strategy seems convenient. The secretion system is incredibly complex, so working with it in its native state avoids the need for complicated cloning strategies. However, to safely use pathogens to treat human diseases, scientists must still alter the bacteria to make them benign. The thing about working with a pathogen is they're well-equipped. They have many ways of attacking the host. And we like to think we understand all those ways, but we don't always know that. The issue with trying to reprogram the machine to do what you want in a bacteria where you try to make it less virulent is you never know for sure you've made it completely avirulent. It's always going to be limiting in that way. For this reason, Lesser took on the challenge of moving the entire type 3 secretion system from Shigella into E. coli. Putting more than 30 genes into a non-pathogenic bacterium greatly decreased the chances of accidentally causing an infection in a future host. Lesser initially built the secretion system in a common laboratory strain of E. coli, but she has since shifted her focus to an interesting probiotic, E. coli strain Nissel 1917, that has added benefits. 
E. coli strain Nissel, 1917, was discovered by, you guessed it, Alfred Nissel in 1917. Nissel was a physician and bacteriologist who discovered E. coli antagonism. He observed that when grown together on a petri dish, some E. coli strains would impede the growth of pathogenic salmonella. Nissel reasoned that he could use these antagonistic E. coli as a therapeutic for diarrhea, a deadly disease in the pre-antibiotic era. He searched for fecal E. coli isolates that would change the intestinal flora for the better and collected the famous strain from a World War I soldier that did not develop dysentery when the rest of his troop was afflicted. After some experimentation, Nissel had a pharmaceutical company make the probiotic in pill form and branded it as Mutaflor. Mutaflor is still used today as an anti-infective probiotic in some countries, and researchers have shown that in addition to its anti-diarrheal ability, E. coli strain Nissel 1917 has anti-inflammatory properties with efficacy in gastrointestinal disorders such as irritable bile syndrome, or IBD. Because of its prior use in humans, Lesser wanted to transform the Nissel strain into a drug-delivering probiotic, which brought with it some big challenges. That required us also think of clever ways to adapt the machines because normally they're delivering these proteins into the host cells and our idea was to have them deliver the proteins into the surroundings. And so we had to do some genetic tricks to accomplish that. We took advantage of the research of others that had shown that if you remove the complex that sits on the tip of this, we call it a needle because it looks like a lot like a syringe, now the machine will secrete into the environment. They, they no longer need that host cell contact. The bigger challenge for us was trying to figure out how to move big pieces of DNA from one strain to another because we wanted to take it out of the pathogen and ideally put it into the chromosome of our probiotic E. coli so that it could be stably maintained. And for that, we just got really good at genetic recombineering and figured out nice ways to genetically move pieces of material around. The probiotics that we're working with the most now, we have the machine part, that's 20 or 30 proteins in these operons. We put that in the chromosome. The regulator, we put that at a separate place. There's one transcription factor that will control the expression of all. For our therapeutic payload, we wanted to keep that modular, or we wanted to be able to switch it out off and on, and we wanted to keep it a little bit higher copy number than in the chromosome, so we decided to keep it on a plasmid, but we generated a plasmid that would be maintained via oxytrophic selection as opposed to antibiotic selection, because if we're going to put these probiotic strains into eventually, potentially people, but for now into mouse models, we don't want to have to treat these mice with antibiotics to make sure our strains are stably maintained. Because the type 3 secretion system only transports proteins of a limited size, Lesser's team uses the engineered E. coli probiotic to deliver single-domain antibodies, or nanobodies. These antibody fragments bind selectively to a specific antigen via a single monomeric variable antibody domain. Researchers engineered the first nanobodies from camelids, Camelids, such as camels, llamas, and alpacas, produce heavy-chain antibodies with variable domains composed of single polypeptides, in addition to conventional antibodies made from both heavy and light chains. The benefit of nanobodies over whole antibodies is their simplicity and size. 15 kilodaltons versus approximately 100 kilodaltons for an entire antibody. There's no way we could have gotten 100 kilodaltons secreted by our system, but we can do the 15 Philodaltons, and we can get monomers and even dimers and even trimers secreted. And our, our system's tricky, too, because 
In order for the machine to put the proteins out through this needle apparatus, it has to go through in an unfolded fashion. Whatever we're putting through, once it gets into the surroundings, has to refold and be functional, which I think would never work for a full antibody, but is working well for our nanobodies. Currently, intravenously administered nanobodies appear to be safe and effective in clinical trials for various diseases. However, the challenges surrounding systemic drug treatment still apply. Because Nissl 1917 colonizes the gut and has been used to treat inflammation associated with IBD, Lesser thinks she can target nanobodies for IBD treatment to specific problem areas using the probiotic bacteria. One of the most successful treatments for IBD or patients with severe IBD is that they get systemic administration of antibodies that block TNF-alpha. The patients do really well from a symptomatology issue, but they are at risk for other things, like they're somewhat immune suppressed. On the side, I am an infectious disease doctor, and I've seen these patients on these TNF antibodies that get these bad infections. One starts to think of ways such that the immune suppression is limited to sites of disease, which in IBD is primarily in the gut. If we could just block inflammation in the gut, then we'd avoid patients getting these systemic side effects. To mimic IBD, Lesser uses a TNBS mouse model. TNBS, short for 246-trinitrobenzene-sulfonic acid, is a chemical that induces colitis, or inflammation in the colon, when administered rectally. The inflammation diminishes when mice receive antibodies that target TNF. Lesser tested Nissl 1917 that release anti-TNF nanobodies via the type 3 secretion system and saw promising results. The mice received a small dose of probiotic, followed by TNBS and another dose of probiotic. The mice dosed with the bacteria responded well, with reductions in inflammation, weight loss, and TNF levels. After just one dose, the mice shed E. coli with fully active type 3 secretion systems in their feces. In the current system, the bacteria secrete the drug continuously. However, in the future, Lesser and other researchers are interested in engineering probiotics that can sense changes in their environment, like an increase in inflammation, and turn on nanobody production in response to further enhance the specificity of the drug delivery system. These probiotic experiments are in their early stages. However, targeted probiotic therapy has interesting benefits compared to typical routes of drug administration. Lesser is excited to see how these experiments progress, and she believes that the Type 3 secretion platform will be broadly applicable to many gut-based diseases. Thank you for listening to The Scientist Lab Talk. This episode was produced by the Creative Services team for The Scientist and narrated by Nikki Spotch. Don't forget to check out the upcoming Keystone e-symposium on synthetic biology from May 3rd through 4th. To keep up to date with this podcast, follow The Scientist on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe to our podcast channel wherever you get your podcasts.